You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, 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 and Happy New Year. How is everyone this fine 2019 January 1st? 2019, holy smokes. Um, this is going to be a quickie, you know, 20 minutes or whatever, chat about coaching openings is what I wanted to do today. Before we do, I am working on my off-season plan here for the Locked On NFL podcast. First of all, I mean, the network, the Locked On podcast network, they bring you your team every day. You need to check that out across the network. Pick out your favorite team, maybe even your league's favorite team, big rival, all those things. Now, we're the number one local sports daily podcast network in the world right now, and you're listening to the national NFL flagship as we speak. So, soon, we're going to go through the playoffs, and then the offseason hits, of course. So, what I'm thinking, and I'm still tweaking this a little, but Mondays will stay the same, where I will grab three of the locked-on hosts, and we'll go around the league with the biggest news of the week, basically. I probably won't record those on Sunday nights, though. Maybe I will here and there. I don't know. Still need to work that out, but that'll be a Monday show for the offseason. Tuesday, it's 90% firmed up, but I think we're going to get the draft dudes on. We're going to get the the locked-on NFL draft podcast folks on, too. So, Ledger and company, we're going to get somebody every Tuesday. We'll be talking draft with you, and we'll rotate those four hosts, and that'll be a blast. I mean, and you should be checking out both their podcasts anyways, Draft Dudes and Locked On NFL Draft. It is officially draft season now for, what, 20 of the teams out there? So that'll be fun, and I'll bring an NFL perspective. I'll be asking questions about these prospects as you would. I think on Wednesday I'm going to bring on Mark Schofield. Every week, he's the Locked On Patriots host, and it's not like we're just going to talk Patriots. He also does a lot of work all the way around the net and is an expert on quarterbacks in particular. He'll be on top of draft, and he's a really, really strong host. So I think the two of us are going to get a real rapport going every Wednesday. My man Mike Sando is going to stick around and do every Thursday. That's awesome. That's one of the best shows of the week for sure. That's going to continue And then Friday, I'm either going to come at you alone, and that might happen once in a while on a Wednesday too, who knows, um, with whatever topic I pull up, or I might just pull a guest from outside the Locked On Network. So grab some of my old friends from around the league or around the the media and do those type of things. So that's the plan. I'm hoping to keep up with five days a week. That's absolutely the plan. Once in a while, as you guys know, the off-season, sometimes you only get four or whatever. And to be honest, there can be times it's hard to find things to talk about. But, especially in like July, I mean, not soon. Um, two little notes before we get into the coaching openings. Our two moves are the Falcons moved on from Sark, the offensive coordinator. Um, I don't quite understand this. I mean, unless there's strife behind the scenes. I mean, I understand that he's not Shanahan, but their problems were not on offense. I mean, come on. I mean, that defense was injured and bad. Um, Yes, I would like to see the Falcons invest in a guard and maybe, help. you know, this offseason pretty high on the list. But overall, fixing this team, to me, is not offensive coordinator related. Um, 
Again, I feel like he followed in some huge footsteps. One of my complaints, though, and Shanahan did this so well in Atlanta, was incorporating the running backs as receivers. Um, didn't do that to my liking. But overall, I, I kind of feel like he might have got the short end of the stick here in Atlanta. Another non-head coaching move that I think is really interesting is Mike Mayock is now the GM of the Raiders. I assume many of you know him from the NFL Network, his draft coverage, all that wonderful stuff. Um, frankly, I thought Mayock was about the best in the business in terms of uh, listening to his draft profiles. I like the way he handled himself. Is he going to be a good GM? I have no idea. Uh, as long as him and Gruden are working well together, I think that they have a real shot. Obviously, they have a lot of draft resources. That's going to be his background. How does he handle free agency? I mean, I didn't like how the Raiders handled free agency last year with all the old dudes. I mean, how will Mayock handle those things? Obviously, Gruden's going to have the, you know, all the power, not majority of the power. But I do think Mayock, as media people go, was really, really good. So, um, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to come back and just break down briefly these eight openings and kind of just what I would be looking for and some, th some thoughts on these teams overall. So we're back in a moment. All right, we are back. And in no particular order, I just jotted these down. The Jets come to mind first as a very, very good job. And a lot of that's because I think you guys are realizing I'm starting to really be smitten with Sam Darnold. I think Darnold's going to be a really good one. Very, very young, but already progressing well. This, I mean, this division, I'm going to say this about the Browns too, but if I were to ask you, who are you bet is going to win the AFC East in 2020? I think the Jets would be my bet. Same with the Browns in the North. You know, like, how long are the Pats going to hang on to this division? Soon this division will probably open up. And to me, the Jets, with tons of cap space, a young quarterback, could be the next king of their division. So, that city's not for everyone. I mean, being a CEO of a New York team is taxing. So, I'm not even talking about candidates here. I'm just talking about kind of state of the team as they transition to a new guy. I like the division situation. Um, side note, they were great this year on special teams, so they should retain that aspect of it. I mean, uh, they were one of the absolute best teams in the league overall, top to bottom, on special teams. So that's one area that I just wouldn't change at all. But they get the third pick in this draft. They have plenty of needs, don't get me wrong, but they have the second most cap space in the league. I mean, what if they add Jadavian Clowney and Le'Veon Bell? You know, I'm like, ooh, now you're talking. An offensive lineman, you know. So I like where this team is at. To me, this is one of the best jobs out there, as are the Browns. Um, I kind of mentioned before, I mean, I think the future is really bright in Cleveland. Um, finished the season very strong. I would consider retaining that same staff. They have the 17th pick in the draft. I mean, how crazy is that? Browns are picking 17. Like, they were nearly a playoff team. But they still have the fourth most cap space. So, you know, maybe they add Jadavian Clowney. Ooh, I like the sound of that. Um, I think he's going to get franchised. I'm just throwing that name out there. But the quarterback is clearly in place. And I said a lot of good things about Darnold. 
I, I have more faith in Mayfield than I do Darnold at this point. I'd rather have Mayfield. I like both quite a bit. Um, but I think they're, they're set there. They have a lot of young talent. I wonder now with Baker in place, will they have an easier time attracting free agents? My hunch is they will. But we'll see. I mean, uh, I don't know that for sure. I'd have a hard time moving on from Kitchens for sure. Um, and if that means Greg Williams stays as head coach, I'd probably just stay with that. I don't know that that's going to happen, but at least one more year and see how they hang, you know, how it goes. But again, very attractive job. A lot to like with where this organization's going. And they had two or three more free agents. Wow, you know, you know how you're talking. Uh, the Cardinals have the first pick overall, which everyone assumes is going to be Bosa. Is that the best move for them? We've talked about that a little in the past. We'll continue to. They also have the eighth most cap space. Um, unlike Baker and Darnold, I don't know about Rosen, but I liked him an awful lot six months ago. I also think evaluating him under these circumstances is highly, highly unfair. And with that, that eighth amount of cap space, eighth most amount of cap space, I would hope the Cardinals really focus on offense. Um, another receiver, maybe a tight end, an offensive lineman or two. In that first pick, maybe you trade back and add, you know, Jonah Williams, the tackle, and a future first, or you know what I mean? Like, and just get a couple big assets instead of the stud, although Bosa and Chandler Jones would look pretty good together, that's for sure, and really make this defense pretty formidable. So I don't think the Cardinals are in terrible, terrible shape, considering they were the worst team in the league this year. Uh, they do have some assets. I think Rosen's one of them. But it's a climb. I mean, there's no doubt it's a climb. The Bengals, to me, they're clearly... I mean, this is the case with Arizona, too, I'm sure. But Bengals are clearly the least desirable AFC North team, I would say, right now. But... A lot of injuries. I mean, you're going to get A.J. Green back. You're going to get talented offensive weapons. Maybe you add one more lineman on that side of the ball. Yeah, you still have Andy Dalton, and that's not wonderful. And maybe this is the draft with the 11th pick in overall. You grab, you know, the dude from Ohio State or something like that if he's sitting there to groom. The quarterback situation is not an easy fix, and actually this year in general is not the year to need a quarterback in free agency or in the draft, so maybe you just stick with what you got. They also have the 11th most cap space as well as the 11th pick in the draft. The defense needs a lot of work, but there's good players over there. Like They greatly underperformed considering the overall defensive talent level. I mean, a stud linebacker like the kid White from LSU with the, that 11th pick, maybe that goes a long way. I mean, a real playmaker on the second level. I also think, you know, switching up the schemes on that side of the ball will be probably helpful as well. Middle-of-the-road type of job, I'd say, to below average. Ownership historically is on the cheap side, and winning might not be the top priority within that building at all points, you know, from the ownership, I mean. So, um, so, so. Uh, we will be back, and there's four more to discuss. The Broncos, they have the 12th most cap space. They get the ninth pick in the draft. And frankly, they were pretty good before the wheels came off to end the season. They have the, the great home field advantage. Uh, they have some big wins. They beat the Chargers. They beat the Steelers. They certainly had some lows. But at the end of the year, they were really a shell of themselves. 
I don't have any problem with moving on from the coach, but the quarterback conundrum there is going to be a difficult one too. It's very similar, really, to what I just said with the Bengals. If a guy falls to you, great. If not, don't kill yourself to manufacture one that isn't there and you live with Keenum and kind of like I talked about with the Cardinals, probably spend more resources on offense this year than defense. Uh, another playmaker would go a long way, another receiving playmaker of some sort, maybe another lineman. Um, but the needs here aren't... The defense could use some help, too. I mean, they kind of need a little bit of everything, but they have some key components in place. Unfortunately, the Chargers and Chiefs loom in that division. That's going to be a climb to catch those two. So it's not the best job in the world. I mean, so... Kind of mixed feelings on this one, too. I mean, again, I don't have a big problem with them making the coaching change. I don't think this is the type of team you're going to see dramatic results, positive or negative, next year. And I also think that there isn't a quick fix, but they're not doom and gloom either. So I kind of am riding the fence here, obviously. Um, The Packers are a very interesting job and a good job. You would think that ownership would be patient. You would think you have Aaron Rodgers for the next three to five years. You know, that's a good start. Devontae Adams, maybe a couple pieces on defense. But the roster does need a facelift. And fortunately for them, they have two first-round picks. They have the 12th pick and wherever the Saints end up getting eliminated, which could be as late as 32. Two first-rounders would be a really nice situation for them. Um Really could use one more receiver. I mean, Adams is the only show in town there. they got to add something else there. But it is a deep receiver draft, so maybe one of those first-round picks is a wideout. I know they drafted three last year, but, eh, I mean, they need somebody else to throw to. They also have the 14th most cap space in the league. These numbers are from overthecap.com, by the way. And, you know, it's a different group from two years ago. They are spending money in free agency. I, I would... I would be surprised if they don't add a linebacker or an interior offensive lineman or a wide receiver or an edge guy or something like that that's a true starter in free agency. And then you go into the draft with two firsts, get Rodgers back on track, wasn't real healthy this year, didn't look particularly comfortable this year, didn't have a great year. I mean, all those things are very true. Um, so... That's a good job. I mean, that's a real good job. And again, you have a year or two probably before you start thinking about getting Rodgers' replacement. Or maybe with that Saints pick, you, you do take a quarterback you know, or, you know, second-round type guy. You know, something along those lines to sit there and wait and groom. I don't know that Kaiser is that guy. He looked really bad this past week. Dolphins' job is also open, and I don't think it's a good one. They have the 27th most cap space, which means only, what, four or five teams have less space to operate. That's bad. They pick 13th. They have, I heard Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah talking about the Dolphins a couple weeks ago, and they said, who's the blue-chip talent in Miami? Maybe Minka. I mean, I mean, who's a star on this team? Uh, maybe Tunsil. You know, I mean, but you guys might be like, really? I don't, boy, nobody. Um, Man, they need everything. They're not desperate to me in any one area, but they're not good in any one area. Quarterback is a conundrum. 
They got a lot of bad contracts. I mean, guys like Kiko Alonso are making a lot of money and eating up a lot of cap space. They got like seven or eight of those type of guys. Blah. So I almost feel like this thing needs blown up. It's so They're like the most middling team in the league lately. And I think Gase is a good coach, and I'd hire him in a heartbeat to be my offensive coordinator. I don't want to hire him to be a head guy again, but whoever comes in here needs a culture change, needs to find some blue-chip players, and they don't have a lot of resources to do that. <clears throat> so <clears throat> I would be not real excited about this gig. Mixed feelings about the Bucks. It's the last team to talk about today. They have the 28th most cap space. So they are very cash-strapped by today's NFL standards. They won't do a lot in free agency, I wouldn't think. But they have the fifth pick in the draft. I think Winston returns at least for one more year, but then he's a free agent to be. You know, are they going to lock him up long-term at this point? I don't know. The turnovers absolutely need to get cut down here. I mean, that's the biggest thing that hurt this team to me. And that's doable, although I do think Winston is a turnover-prone quarterback and probably will be five years from now and all the way down the road. they got to establish a running game, though. You know, you had this conversation, I think it was with Sando, that if your quarterback is a high-variance guy like Winston, take the ball out of his hands a little bit. You know, let's shorten the game. Let's play some defense and run the ball. I thought the defense got better, but it still could use at least two more starters, something along those lines. But with the fifth pick in the draft, you got a great chance to land a great player in a very defensive-rich draft. Um, so I don't think the Bucks are that far off. But the quarterback situation, kind of like Tennessee, is up in the air. I mean, there's talent there, but what is that player? I think making life easier on Jameis would certainly be smart. Uh, Again, the turnovers were brutal. But this offense was really, I know yardage isn't the whole key, but like about the, one of the best in the league in moving the ball. So there are things to build off here. I mean, Mike Evans and what's Ronald Jones? Who knows? But that's a question for another day. So I don't know if this is a terrible job. I'm not sure ownership would be at the top of my list to work for. But um, division, yeah, the Saints are dominant, but for how much longer? Atlanta's good. We kind of touched on them. I think they'll rebound. Carolina are kind of a team in flux. So, I mean, a year ago I looked at the South and thought, boy, this is the hardest division in the league. Now if I would be taking or, you know, getting involved with the Bucks, I was like, okay, you know, we could make a stronghold here if Jameis is the guy and we pick a defensive player or two. It's not that far-fetched. Maybe I'm painting on making that a little rosier than it should be in Tampa, but... Guys, that's a wrap. Um, again, Happy New Year to you. Please check out the rest of the Locked On Network. Please go to iTunes and leave me a review. Uh, Mike Renner will be back on, from Pro Football Focus tomorrow, and then we'll have Sando on Thursday. And then I'll be picking games again on Friday for Wild Card Weekend. Some good matchups. We have not dug into those much, and we will absolutely over these next three days. So that's a wrap. Take care. Over and out. Happy New Year.